Hello and welcome to Select Match Type. I'm Simon Cowgill, joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I am very well, so yourself? Are you laughing because you know how annoyed our audience will be in us having small talk and chit-chat? Yeah, shall we talk about the weather or...? <laughs> yeah, well it's been quite windy today in Sheffield, so... No, I'm, I'm very well, thank you for asking. Um, so we're going to look at a match from the second ever Survivor Series today. It's a 10 versus 10 tag team elimination match. Um, it was actually suggested by one of our listeners, one of our loyal fans, friend of the show, Richard Lawrence. Hi, Richard. Um, let's not ask how he is, that's probably weird. No, let's ask him. <laughs> Richard, get back at us and let us know how you are. Okay, uh, so yeah, we're looking at the 10 versus 10 elimination tag team match from 1988 Survivor Series. Um, personally, I'd, I'd never seen the match before. Um, it's a bit before I'd... Well, it's before I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously I'd seen other matches, but I'd, I've never seen this one. Um, how about you? Many, any memories of this? Have you seen it before? No, this is... I was, I was alive at the time this, this was recorded, but no. True this, to ask. <laughs> yeah, I know. This one escaped me by a couple of years later, probably. It was the first Survivor Series I watched the Hulk Hogan Zeus main event. Classic. But this one, it's passed me by. Never went round and actually went back to rewatch it, which is weird with the network. Never, never a Survivor Series I went back to actually watch. No. So first Especially time since you love Survivor Series so much, like I thought it'd be one of the first things you jump in. I've seen all the, I've seen all the other ones as well. I've seen ridiculous matches with Tugboat and Akeem. <laughs> this match, for some reason, this pay per view, I've not completely m- missed this one. I don't think there's some matches I saw on it, but this match completely passed me by. So first time. I see. Yeah, let's. Um... Sit back and enjoy a, a new match then, I suppose. Um, so let's introduce the team. So we get the Powers of Pain, uh, Barbarian and Warlords as the co-captains of one team, um, along with the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and uh, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart. And we get the Young Stallions, um, their name that escapes me because they're not as big as the others, I'm afraid. Well, Roma and... Austin Powers. No, not Austin Powers. His surname is Powers, but it's not Austin. So they're the sort of face team going into this. And then the their opponents, we have Demolition, who are the tag team champions and the co-captains, the Brain Busters, the Bolsheviks, the Fabulous Rougeos and the Conquistadors. Um, thoughts on the teams then, Chris? Clearly, one side, the future of WWF, and the other side has my Janae. <laughs> the the Bolsheviks went on for to have really good things, right? Catch it, catch it, catch can wrestling at yeah, the absolute exactly. best. No, clearly one team wouldn't. Apart from Powers of Pain, who obviously were huge, there's clearly one one team there with a smaller, more technical future of the WWF as it was then, and more of the old established '80s stars back on the uh, the side there with Demolition. Although, apart from the Rujos, criminally underrated. Actually, yeah. a really great technical wrestling team. Brainbuster's really good as a technical team as well with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson, one of the best. Yeah. And Conquistadors, actually, weirdly, I've, ne- I've never heard of them. I have no idea who they are. But they do all the legwork in this match, so fair play to them. They, um, Edge and Christian, do you remember when it's they Edge came and out? <laughs> no, do you remember like the mid two thousand or the early two thousands when Edge and Christian the brood. <laughs> yeah. No, they came in with a similar mask because they were never getting a title shot again, so they came out as the 
I'm sure they were the conquistadors, but they came out in the full the full outfit and nice. Yeah, paying paying homage to to them. Um, another team that we get classic is Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura on commentary. Um, nice throwback to the late '80s, early '90s. Though these guys are on a, a lot. We also have uh, the Fink on introductions, and it's a a long night for him having to go through twenty individual wrestlers and and co- uh, introduce every single person. We'll we'll move on to the uh, to the introductions then. So we get everyone coming out as one. Um, not a big fan of it, but what what did you think? I I mind it less because the team captains had their theme tune playing and the rest of the team just followed around behind yeah. them. So you got to have demolition theme classic classic theme tune. I'm just going to wait till you start speaking just to lay it underneath. <laughs> so it's course. like you're on commentary. Yeah. Um, it, it was an improvement. <laughs> the fact that although they came out to one entrance theme, so we don't get every every team having their own introduction, we do get them coming out as a team and then the next team come out um, like a 10-second walk behind so that there's actual... Um, introductions one at a time as opposed to them just being a, a one single team which i quite liked um the other thing about the um team demolition um introduction that i enjoyed was um the conquistadors took their masks off to reveal a second mask underneath which yeah uh, made me chuckle slightly the, the the face team then so we get a very young looking bret hart and Shawn michaels on the same team in 10 years time they uh, they weren't exactly on the same page so <laughs> Yeah, um, the other thing about that team, we get um, Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, the, the Bulldogs, who look absolutely massive at this point. They are cut! Particularly Davey Boy um, just looks huge. And you compare him to like the late 90s, 2000 <laughs> Bulldog when he used to come out with that and wear jeans. He, he's a, he wasn't a small man then, but he's a hell of a lot bigger here than he is there. Yeah, you can understand why why he had the uh, problems he did. Yeah. Well, you can also understand what might have tipped the government off to uh, some sort of scandal at this point in uh, in wrestling, but who knows. Um, I think it was more the five-foot-tall dynamite kid being... Fucking look like Mighty Mouse. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, so we kick things off. Um, British Bulldog gets a nice press slam early, again showing off his uh, what a good uh, protein-based diet can do for you. Um, then we get move into the heels, sort of dominating. It's probably a bit of a strong word, but being in control and having a lot of um, quick tags. I wasn't a massive fan of the amount of tags in the match. What, what, what about you, Chris? See ya. I think whether it's because we've covered a lot of modern day stuff during the uh, the first series and the start of this, I like the old school style of tag wrestling. I like the quick tags, cutting the ring off, old school tag team wrestling. Yeah, I, I could understand that side of it. I just, for me, it um, if you don't give... So the press slam, for example, the guy no-sells it, rolls to the corner, tags in... It doesn't give the crowd chance to sort of digest what's happening and and sort of build any sort of psychology in the match. But yeah, I I, I get where you're coming from. So one of the tags that we get early is um, Boris from the Bolsheviks coming in. There's a lot of USA chants. Um, they're ignoring the fact that more than half of um, the Powers of Pain team isn't from America. We've got Canadians. We've got 
British people, we've got um, it's Italian Americans, but we can't. The warlords from parts unknown. <laughs> that could be anywhere, not necessarily America. We then get Shawn Michaels in, um, who gets whipped into the corner, does a, basically springs up onto his arms, flips back over. Uh, Jesse says it's flashy offense. Um, it might it's risky, but it's flashy. He doesn't seem to um, care too much or be very impressed with Shawn Michaels. And his, his flashy offense, as he puts it. He's good. Jesse's a great heel on commentary. He's the thing that he does so well, and Bobby Heenan as well when he's on commentary, because I'm sure we'll come across him at some stage. Definitely. Is they get, they're great heels, but they're likable at the same time. They're funny at the same yeah. same time, which is something Lawler. I'm sorry, you'll never understand how how to be a great heel commentator. Law used to have his moments as a as a heel commentator, but le- less and less. Michael Cole's just pleased that we're not rugging on him for a change, I think. Because <laughs> I'm sure Get that in. He sat there listening to this going, oh, Survivor Series 88, there's, there's no way I'm getting a mention. <laughs> Finally, I get a week off. No, never Michael Cole, never. Back to the action then. So we get Bret Hart, um, who gets a small package um, roll up on. That's uh, both the Rougeos gone. I didn't pick up on the fact that um, it was both tag team, uh, both guys from a tag team that were going to be gone. So you, you mentioned before we started recording that they mentioned it three or four times. Um, obviously not enough for some um, lower IQ'd members of the audience. <laughs> no. No. no, they should have had a big flashing neon sign above the air. Above the ring. Just a pop-up reminder, both guys are gone from this team. Um, you didn't tell me. I'm just thinking of the Simpsons with the Halloween episode where they buy the murder house. God, no, you didn't. Well, that's what, not my recollection. He said he told me two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Love that episode. Uh, next big spot, we get a huge boot from Barbarian to one of the Conquistadors. Uh, unsurprisingly, I can't tell them apart, so I'll, I'll just call them Conquistador. No, um, Jesse only knows because oh no, it's a uh, gorilla only knows because one of them is slightly t- one of them is slightly taller. But if they're not stood next to each other, that's <laughs> not much of a, a thing to go on, really, is it? Um, we then get a great line on, of commentary from uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, who, um, when describing demolition, says they're doing what they do best: double teaming. The fact they're in full S and M wear, come out in gimp masks. They probably could have picked a better expression, I think. <laughs> Jesse loves a good double teaming. As we, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he says it he says it multiple times so therefore he loves the expression double teaming I see factual factual I like it. Uh, we get our first ref distraction the old tropes are the best as Shawn Michaels is in and he basically gets double teamed in the corner he's got me Three. on it now he's got me on it now <laughs> um, we then get a, a lot of Shawn Michaels selling he's it's what he's best at just throwing himself around the ring, making big guys look good. And as part of that, he takes a double-A spine buster from Arn Anderson. It's a great spine buster. Um, I think the only person who whose spine buster I prefer is probably Farouk. It's a different one because he sort of picks up and throws down as opposed to going down with them. But No, it's yeah. that beautiful twist when they come off the ropes. And you go, yeah, yeah that, what I prefer about Farouk, though, is just the raw power that he has to throw them up no I'm all about the technical I'm all about the technical skill of nailing that spine I do I do love uh, the Arn Anderson spine buster as well just to say you can watch it now on uh, AEW because he's uh, he's been doing it recently hasn't he so yeah 
then get um, Shawn Michaels getting a hot tag to Marty Jannetty. Um, you forget how good a wrestler he was before he became a degenerate maniac. Um, His original degeneration X. Yeah, he was the... He was Trailblazer. <laughs> yeah, um, there's some great stories around the sort of life and times of Marty Jannetty. He's a bit of a... Um, he's someone Character. that doesn't really think about um, what he tweets before he goes online, I think. We haven't got the legal team to be able to tell those stories, though. Certainly not. Um, there is uh, a podcast. We'll, we'll recommend it. Um, it's one that we both listen to um, that have gone into more detail around some Marty Jannetty stories, and that's um, the, the Wrestle Me podcast. Um yeah, if you want to hear some interesting stuff, listen to those guys. Okay, the next big thing to happen was uh, the first time that we get Demolition and the Powers of Pain in as we get Axe and Warlord tagging into the to the match together for the biggest pop of the match so far. Um, it's like the crowd don't realise that these are the two worst teams in there. The crowds lose their absolute minds. Yeah, Jesse talks about how this is exactly what the crowd have, have paid to see. Um, so it's a big pop. Um, Imagine like Edge's pop at the Rumble, and it's about, it's about on a similar level. Or Punk at Punk at Survivor Series. It's similar, but at this time the crowd it's it's much more higher pitched because the crowd is a lot it's loud. <laughs> it is loud, but yeah, slightly higher pitched. And WWE aren't piping it in. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, we get lots of um, hot tags from there. I mentioned it before. There's just so many tags in this match. It's difficult to, to, to keep up with the action. And uh, Jimmy Powers uh, is, is next up um, to, to get his hot tag. He goes up for a, for a crossbody um, onto Boris. Boris rolls through and uh, manages to pin him. So we get a three count there and that's the, the young stallions gone. Next thing then, so we get Shawn Michaels in and he goes up to the middle rope for a Jerry Lawler style fist bump. He doesn't... Um, get arrested. Punch, sorry. Get arrested. <laughs> is, is that what Jerry Lawler does? <laughs> Not, no comment. <laughs> Again, we need, we need some lawyers to, to look over these before we uh, edit. Um, at this point, I noticed as um, Michaels was being whipped from one side of the ring to, to the other that the microphone under the, the centre was far too loud and you could hear every step like shaking the ring, essentially. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, but that's how, I think that's just how it was back in the day as well. They wanted, they wanted those big sounds because it's all power-based. Yeah. It makes it sound far better when you land that backdrop or that spine buster and you had the ri- that bang! As they smash into it. I guess with it being late 80s as well, um, there was pay-per-views, obviously, because we're watching and covering one. But um, more, it was probably, wrestling was more to- targeted at the audience in the arena. Yeah, and you've got to be able to hear that all the way at the back. Yeah, exactly. So may- maybe that's the reason. So as part of that, we get Marty Jannetty coming in uh, and hitting a sunset flip on Zukov um, for a roll-up, which is for, for three. Um, I didn't book. think he was tagged in, and Jesse uh, also points that out. There's a blind tag. <laughs> I th- yeah. So at this point, I thought right because along the the side of the ring, they basically take because there's ten guys um, on each side. The five of them on either side of the post basically take up the whole the whole ring. Yeah. So why aren't they just doing blind tags all the time? The the face team. But then I realised. Uh, well, Mon- Gorilla Monsoon points out that there has to be hand on hand contact. So. <laughs> 
there's, there's your blind type. That's how dodgy again. <laughs> that's only for that's only for someone who tags in and then tries to immediately tag out a la Blanchard in a bit. Yeah. But there's a clear is Michael's oh sorry, Michael's wrestling. A clear slap on the there's back. a clear there's a blind tag. Sunset flip, beautiful. Classic, okay. classic tag team wrestling. Yeah, okay. Um, we get more classic tag team wrestling as another ref distraction means that the heels take control again in their corner. Um, we then get a bit of commentate, commentary arguing that I didn't really think was very fair. So Bobby the Brains um, on, at ringside and uh, Gorilla Monsoon basically points out that he hasn't had any champions. Um, <laughs> Jesse's arguing and like, talking about how he's had Andre the Giant and uh, Gorilla Monsoon says, yeah, what for? He was champion for about ten seconds or whatever. I thought it was a bit harsh on on the yeah. brain here. Yeah, it's a weird attack. I've, I know Jeff, Jesse was saying about the managers they had in the corner and the quality of them. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird sudden attack on Bobby from Gorilla, especially since they were such good friends as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess because they're sort of heel and face, they're the opposite side of the coins from each other. So, although, although they're slugging each other, or it's Monsoon slugging him off here, they're obviously really good friends in real life. Yeah, maybe it's just laying some good quality, just some good quality work, considering they hosted a show together at the same time. Yeah, possibly. One thing we haven't really talked about is the quality of the managers in this match. So we've got Jimmy Hart, um, we've got um, Mr. probably the Brain Fuji. and Mr. Fuji, three of the best. Um, they... <laughs> <laughs> they spend a lot of time saying looks sinister. Yeah. And would you trust him? Which I'm not sure you get away with it now would, in this day and age. Would you buy a car off Mr. Fuji? <laughs> like, yeah, yes, like, I oh, believe he's yeah. a trustworthy and honest individual. The, Jap- the Japanese do some gr- great cars. I'm looking at buying a Hyundai <laughs> potentially, so why not? Why not? <laughs> Back to the action. So we get um, the Heart Foundation with a lovely double team. So it's the sort of bat breaker leg drop from the middle rope, which was nice. Um, they get a close uh, two count on the Conquistadors, who, again, they, they're the ones that do all of the selling for the heel team. Just before that, we, we, ne- we nearly got a complete set of Bret Hart bingo. We got, we? We, got the oh, bat, we, we got the bat breaker. Drop. We got the inverted atomic drop. We didn't get the side rushing leg sweep. So uh, we'll come back to this at the end, but... I've never been a big Bret Hart fan, really, but we'll we'll talk about this af- af- afterwards. Um, I'm gonna get um, slated all over <laughs> social media for this, but yeah, was never a big Bret Hart fan. Anyway, back um, to more so, um, more spots. So, so yeah, we get a snap suplex from Dynamite Kid. He can pretty much suplex anything. Again, it's, it just goes to show what a healthy protein diet can do for you. Um, and he then hits a flying knee from the corner. Looks. Um, looks really good. He goes for what um, Jesse Ventura describes as a really lazy cover. Um, again, highlighting that the commentary team are quick to point out any sort of half mistakes from the from the, the guys. Yeah, we get a lot of that with the faces. A lot of a lot of lazy covers. A lot of letting the heels get to the corner when they shouldn't be. Yeah, a bit odd, especially since they're making out that they're the sort of technical. Yeah, a bit, a bit odd calling them out on it constantly, both yeah. Gorilla, both Gorilla and Jesse as well. It's not like doing they're doing a face heel yeah, a turn. They're both uh, both having a go at them. Uh, we then get Tully and Barbarian in at the same time, and Tully does some sort of coward heel work. So he comes in, uh, like pretends to be really scared, and then goes for the kick, which is nice. And on the back of that, the heels take control. Um, we then get. Uh, 
demolition with a sort of rest hold submission net lock. The only reason I bring that up is because Jesse Ventura cracked me up with, well, that's why wrestlers train their neck so hard. <laughs> Next time you see someone in the gym, ask them if they're doing neck day. That's the way to go, I think. Um, at this point, I also noticed that Earl Hebner as the ref is in the classic short sleeve blue shirt, dark blue or black bow tie. I had, so as a kid, I used to collect a lot of wrestling figures. I probably had... 100 plus by the time I, I stopped and one of the first ones i ever had was this referee um so classic blue, legend earl hebner well it was it didn't look that much like earl hebner but it was the short blue um short sleeve blue shirt i had a look on ebay the other day one of those now goes for 75 quid i gave my wrestling all of my wrestling figures to my cousin for a tenner oh. <laughs> gutted <laughs> absolutely gutted Back to the action then, so we get uh, the anvil in with a big suplex, um, and at that point, it was a sort of northern light suplex, and I noticed that he had a, a big sweat patch right on his uh, arse crack, probably because he's wearing that massive nappy, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. I genuinely weren't spending much time staring at night on arse as you do. <laughs> Obviously not. He tags in Bret Hart, who hits a really nice-looking German suplex, um, goes for the bridge uh, to, to pin him, but Tully Blanchett get, manages to get the shoulder up, so Bret Hart is actually pinned down, so Hart is eliminated. Um, I'm not even sure that was supposed to happen. No, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Like It, it didn't look... There's like... a weird pause as he actually just counts the shoulder. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the thing though. So maybe he's pausing because he's selling the uh, the, the ref selling the fact that he's counting the other guy now. Um, we got a dynamite kid in uh, who hits a tombstone. Uh, at this point, that's not a thing, or well, it's not a big thing because he hits a two, and there's very little reaction to him hitting a tombstone pile driver. Um, at this point, we get the rockers and the brainbusters in for quite a big brawl. Um, Good work in, from both of them. Yes, yeah, it's it's decent. Um, the the highlight was the sort of double super kick that Janetti and Michaels hit. As um, the ref sort of clears things up, we learn that the, the, both teams have been disqualified, so we get a double ca- uh, disqualification, and that leaves us with two teams apiece. Um, meanwhile, the Rockers and the Brainbusters continue to brawl um, on the outside on the way back to the ramp. The referees doing what they're supposed to do. Enforce the rules. Yeah, I was begging for it in a previous episode, so I should be pleased that that's what's happening. Another thing I noticed with the heel team particularly, so all of the near falls, they're not like rolling a shoulder up. They're all complete like power outs and proper kick out. Yeah, they're definitely selling how big the team are. But then again, Neidhart and the Bulldog do the same thing during the match. They do. Um, Yeah, I just noticed it was was quite... um, prevalent whereas nowadays you barely get anyone actually fully kicking out unless it's like someone no selling a finisher or something like that roman <laughs> looking at you rings uh we get a very nice delayed suplex from the bulldog who wait the sort of suplex where he drops one arm holds him up there and then drops him down again um look at what you can do with a bit of meat <laughs> jesse ventura then asks how do you tell the conquistadors apart um and that's where Monsoon talks about one being taller than the other one. And at this point, Jesse gets obsessed with what the gambling odds would be on uh, <laughs> the Conquistadors being still in the match at this point. 
Monsoon offers him odds of forty to one, uh, and then they're probably a hundred to one later on in the match to win win the win the whole thing. The way he's acting, I'm convinced. Yes, he does have a problem at this point. Yeah, there's people that can help you out. Gamble responsibly, everybody. <laughs> Next big spot then, so we get Davy Boy in with his um, running power slam, which was his finisher, right? But it's not really treated like a finisher at this point. No, it was when we get to the classic dreadlocks, Union Jack, Davy Boy Smith, Bulldog. That's when it really came through as the finisher there. Yeah, fair enough. He he decides against pinning after that, which again suggests that it wasn't necessarily his finisher at that point in time um so we get demolition and powers of pain um with some really boring punch kick offense the sort of thing that was pretty standard i guess in the late 80s early 90s you have to look at the video video games at the time for Royal rumble the arcade machine that was punch punch kick kick yeah definitely we then get dynamite kid with a snap suplex um on one of Dem- demolition, he then goes up top for a diving headbutt, uh, but he misses, and the the miss is what manages to eliminate him as demolition pin him. Yeah, because Smash slightly nudges him over yeah. and it pins him. <laughs> it's really odd. So it's four on two, um, and at this point, I also noticed that we haven't seen a single replay of a move in this match, which I guess plays into the fact that it was more about the live audience at this point than um, people watching at home on TV. But yeah. I thought the whole show production-wise was very early 80s and the sort of thing that you'd get at Pontins or Butlins or whatever <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm probably being a bit hard. I'd be, I'd be completely on board if that's, yeah. if that's at Pontins now. I am signing up. Yeah. Um, we then get Mr. Fuji on the apron for no particular reason, I wrote at that point, but I think Mr. Fuji just times it wrong because he gets on the apron, then gets back down, um, and we get more rest holds from Demolition and more boring kick punch, boring stuff from the Powers of Pain. Uh, Mr. Fuji then gets back on the apron, (laughs) and Smash gets whipped into the ropes, and basically Mr. Fuji opens the ropes for him to fall out, and the quickest 10 count in the history of wrestling ensues, and we get a count out. Axe then shouts at Mr. Fuji um, for seemingly doing it on purpose. Mr. Fuji retorts, I'm the boss, hits him with his cane, um, ends up getting scoop slammed on the outside. And yeah, Demolition are eliminated thanks to a count out. And the powers of pain then come over to help Mr. Fuji. Yeah, they people talk about um, Austin versus Bret Hart as the greatest double turn in history. This, this has got no, That's got nothing on this. <laughs> Um, yeah, they come out and help Mr. Fuji up, which leaves us with the, the conquistadors. And from there, it's a really quick victory for the powers of pain. I didn't even really p- pick up on what the, the end of the sort of finishing no, was. No, because, I mean, it's, it's kicking off outside with, they take him to the corner. One of them takes Mr. Fuji to the corner. During that time, one of the conquistadors is attacking one of the uh, powers of pain in the ring. There's a quick switch, a big foot and a headbutt. I've, I remember, and just a pin, and now is it just a clear, nice and a quick nice one, two, quick three. Um, the powers of pain then hoist Mr. Fuji above their heads. The crowd cheer because, as far they were the faces going in, so why would we not cheer them? Um, Demolition come back. They brawl. Um, Demolition stand tall at the end in the ring. They raise their hands and the crowd boo. Um, so what they were going for didn't really hit with the, the live audience. No, clearly think. the Mr. Fuji turn hasn't worked. No. I mean, it, they they are setting up for the 
for the double turn. So Demolition become the faces and Powers of Pain become the heels. But yeah, it just didn't really click with the crowd that that's what was, was going on here. Okay, so that's the end of the match. So um, Powers of Pain, the sole survivors. What did you think? It was a perfectly fine functional match. Actually, no, I, I do it down. I, I enjoyed it. Mainly because I enjoyed to throw back to the old school tag team wrestling and ring work. Yeah. As I say, the split the quick tags, split the ring off, the double team moves, the ref, ref distractions, stuff you just don't see anymore unless you're watching Dash and Dawson, The Revival. The Revival, yeah. Who are doing tag really team wrestling team. right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I, when we first got to uni, I would always talk about how I thoroughly enjoyed the early 2000s tag teams and uh, tag teams, and you always said that you weren't a massive like tag team fan. Is it more that you preferred the the old style yeah, tag teams? Than, I think I think the it's Hardys, just, Dudleys, and so on. I think it may be just it may be just a nostalgia thing that I've been that far away from tag team wrestling and really enjoying it for a while. To go back and watch it now with a fresh eye, you appreciate what they were doing back then more than at the time. Fair enough. Yeah, I understand particularly like you say as as you get older and you watch more wrestling and the as a kid the heels that you would boo actually you you start to appreciate the the work that they do um yeah so the, the match i thought it was when we when i read that we were going to be doing uh, a match from 1988 i thought it was going to be the sort of cheesy really bad um hulk hogan style wrestling <laughs> Um, but it was actually much better than I expected. And I think part of that is because of the, the quicker style that came through from guys like um, Bret Hart, Michaels, the Bulldogs. Um, there was still um, some really bad sort of plodding offense from uh, the, the bigger guys, but it was a lot more technical um, technical than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, the only thing I would say is that the, I mentioned it, but there wasn't, enough time after a big move for people to sell it um yeah any any closing thoughts then before we give our star rating no as i say it was it was nice it was a nice throwback we'll see where else we land over the course of a time whatever whatever decades and classic bits and pieces we land on but for this it was a nice throwback i enjoyed it did you want to speak about bret hart before we finish yes i do thank you for reminding me um I just think Bret Hart is possibly the most overrated wrestler in history. That's a big shout. He, yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to rest my case. I'm going to drop the microphone. I, yeah, you talked about him having bingo. People talk about Cena and his five moves of doom. Bret Hart is, a, is regarded as one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. Can wrestle, but he still relies on... Like you mentioned, um, the Batbreaker, the Atomic Drop. It's it's weird that people like or Bret Hart specifically get such a high um, have have such a high opinion in the wrestling world, and people like Cena and um, some of the newer like younger guys aren't are considered not to hold a candle to to Bret Hart. But it's the same thing for me. I just I think he's completely overrated. I think it may be because. Because of the time that he broke through and what he represented against the old style of WWF, that's probably why he's held in a higher regard than you feel he should be. Uh, yeah. I've got no problem. But other people, like the, the other guys in this match, so Bulldog is 
not quite held to the same regard. Michael's, I always felt, is held in slightly lower regard. Dynamite Kid is definitely not held in the same regard as Bret Hart. And for me, he is as good, if not better, in the he ring. Did, he never did it consistently over that time frame, though. That's yeah, the problem. No, fair enough. And as I say... Um, it's my opinion. Feel free to disagree, but yeah, I just, I'm sure many I've never, will. I'm sure many have and will. Um, I also just think Bret Hart's a bit of a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, star rating for this one, then, Chris. Two and three quarters star. I'm giving. It, I'm breaking it down into quarters, quarters now. Now, I've gone into eighth. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, I've gone two and a half. So we're very, Bow. very, very similar. Um, something that did again i mentioned it through the match but i thought the production values particularly compared with what we get today were, were bad but there was shows around this time that were better so the the wrestlemanias around this time the production values were much better yeah that's what i was gonna say because i mean obviously the jump from wrestlemania one to the later the freeze and fours is a world difference yet this is around the same kind of time production values far exactly less for this maybe they're just not putting everything into it like with it being survivor series it's still in its infancy wasn't it whereas yeah. wrestlemania was already established by this point so be fair if you only got a certain amount of money maybe you do just throw it more at wrestlemania possibly yeah um dave Meltzer incidentally gave this one three and a half stars um i think that's probably a bit generous but I'm bound to say that I, since I gave it lower, aren't I? So. I can't believe he gave it more than the he gave it more than the women's match. Yeah, the, from the previous episode, he gave a, lo, a lower rating for that. Yeah, a bit strange. Anyway, uh, before we wrap up, then any closing thoughts from Survivor Series 1988? Damn <laughs> You just wanted another chance to sing that, really, didn't you? That's it. That's it. At least you got to hear it close the show out as the the new face team in town. Um, there we go. So hopefully we've covered it um, to your liking, Richard. Thanks for recommending the match. It was long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you didn't like it, then uh, suggest a better one for us in future. <laughs> I'm only messing around. If, yeah, so thanks, Richard, for recommending that one. Um, any other matches that any of our listeners would like to cover in the future or um, any different match types that you would like covering a future series get in touch with the show um we've repeated it enough times on here but select match pod across the various uh, sort of platforms um we'll just tee it up with a look forward to what's what we're going to do next time so this will be the first match we've covered where in the build four people who were the same person are going to be involved in the match we're not going to be clowning around oh you've given it away far too much there chris damn it well, you've got that to forward, uh, look forward to next time. Till then, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And see you later, guys. <laughs>